Welcome to Just Another Side Quest. This is a show where a couple of 30-year-olds discuss current games we're playing, thoughts on various bits of gaming news, and we'll definitely get sidetracked pretty often. We're married, some of us have kids, and a few of us work in the games industry, and a couple of us don't. We keep it casual and try to cover a wide range of games. I'm James, and in this episode, I'm going to be joined by a special guest, Danny. We're breaking away from the usual format, and we'll be deep diving what it is that makes a game greatest of all time, primarily using food analogies. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoy. Greetings, this is James, and I'm interrupting the podcast before we start just to apologize for the audio quality that you're about to hear. Uh, There's a bit of a disparity, quite a big one, between my own recording and Danny's that we recorded through the internet. There's some stops and starts um, to his recording, and I tried to clean it up as best I can, but uh, we will be looking into if if he does return, uh, trying to bump up the quality so that it's a little closer to the level that we're trying to be used to. With that, hopefully you can enjoy it despite uh, some of the quality issues. Welcome back to another episode of Just Another Side Quest. As you've gathered from our intro, we're doing a bit of a different episode tonight. Um, we've had some crazy weather last week or so, and uh, it was kind of hard. We were trying to schedule out with Randy um, and get something together, and I decided this would be a perfect time to pull in a great friend. If you've been around for a while on the podcast, you've heard him once before, I think. It is Only Danny. One, but, but in spirit, lots of times. Lots of times, yes. Uh, Danny, say hello. <laughs> hello, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Danny and I um, will get on to play games at night, after work, after dinner, everything, and end up not playing anything because we'll just go on a rant about something for an hour. As you might yep. expect, I, I like to talk. So tonight, uh, what we would like to do is kind of uh, cover a topic that we had a lot of fun diving into um, during a gaming session the other night uh, that covers kind of the idea and the nebulous thought around what makes a game the greatest game of all time. Especially a lot of lists have been published in the last kind of month. A lot of YouTubers have gone through like the last, you know, decade of gaming. So a lot of people have been putting, you know, top 10 lists together. And we're not doing a top 10 and we're not critiquing other top 10 lists or top 100 lists. Um, But it got us thinking about, and hopefully will encourage you to think about, um, kind of what it means to be a greatest game of all time and how that even is a thing. So we'll dive into that and we're just going to talk back and forth. We have differing opinions here. Um, And what will be quite a different episode from usual. And of course, very subjective. I am have some garbage opinions about video games. <laughs> and what I like is uh, can be pretty mediocre at times. Um, so I come from one very, very specific um, kind of gamer. And then Danny's in a, a different category with a different uh, kind of race. differently. Own, I got my own unique styles. And, and, and this is where it gets hard with gaming, right? Because... It could be this. We got us our conversation going last time. One small thing can derail a whole game based on what's important to you as the gamer, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so that's where, kind of, as context for where we're coming from, I was trying to convince Danny because we were going through our library the other night, trying to just see what games we had installed and what we hadn't played yet, looking for some multiplayer games to play. Because you know what? Shocker to uh, our, all our listeners out there. 
we're getting a little tired of Apex because we've been playing that for a lot of time now. Got a couple Every hundred hours. Uh, yeah, so we were looking through, and he had mentioned The Last of Us, which, uh, surprisingly, you, you had. And I was immediately like, oh, Danny, you've got to play this game. It's so good. And dare I say it, and this is kind of where the idea and the conversation spun off, was I consider The Last of Us Part 1 to be the greatest video game experience I have ever had. And it was kind of like, well, what does that actually mean? Um, because for one, it might be one of the greatest video games of all time, but I consider the combat to be subpar and at times fairly one note and can can be fairly <clears throat> boring at, at times and not great. Combat was a bit of a slog for me in certain, yep. certain spaces. So like, how does that make a game one of the greatest of all time when it has this huge shortcoming? And of course... I was trying to convince you, Danny, that uh, the story is just so good and all of these emotional moments are so strong that by the end, when you set it down, the holistic experience is just like this big, satisfying um, thing that you kind of carry with you forever after that. Like, you'll remember. It's one of those games you'll remember. Um, now, as a side note to your argument, right, what is it that is going to prevent you from playing this game so that people don't get angry with you? I was going to say, so, and just a full disclosure, I immediately said, you know what? I agree with you. I think not only myself, but most people probably consider The Last of Us one of the best games ever. Let's not, I'm not, maybe not the greatest experience ever, but one of them for sure, even this IGN list that we're looking at. But me in particular, I'm a little bit, little bit of a wuss when it comes to scary games. I know most people <laughs> and, and by that you mean like completely. Yeah, most people probably wouldn't consider The Last of Us a scary game, but it's just scary enough for me that I'm just like, ah, I don't enjoy doing it, and I also really don't enjoy stealth. So there's a lot of that in that game, that kind yeah. of stealth is scary. So I was talking about how I wish I could play it, but I don't want to for those very particular reasons. Nothing against the game. I'm sure it's awesome, and I think everybody else has said it's awesome. It's just those particular things are the reasons I don't think I can play it. But you did break, bring up the really important question or interesting question that you said you had this the best experience for yourself playing this game. And you're like, the combat so far, maybe some elements are not perfect, but it all comes together in this beautiful little package that all blends nicely together, and it gave you the best experience of the game. And that kind of got us into that whole discussion of, well, yeah, exactly, what makes the experience... Because there might be something where another game, you know, does one thing insanely well. So maybe it's not like all these different elements bringing it together. But it's, my goodness, it's fun to do this one particular thing over and over again. Or there might be a different game, aka like The Last of Us, which just brings everything through the narrative, through the atmosphere, through the gameplay, through the character development, everything into this nice little package that you go, wow, at the end of that, that was just a really solid experience. And that's what kind of kicked off our whatever yeah. hour-long discussion then. Yeah, and, and words are tricky because that's we typically if we get into arguing about a, a point, it's, okay, hold on, what do you mean by experience? Or what do you mean by um, right. gameplay? Or like where are the different boundaries and lines? And so we kind of, the, the big thing we started thinking about on what makes a greatest game of all time is kind of trying to, give it almost a, like a food or a restaurant experience. Mm 
uh, to use that word again, um, in a different context, compared to the food. And that was, we were discussing then like, okay, well, what other great games are there? Because in like throwing some at me that I need to play, we're talking about Zelda games and I've only barely gotten through like two of them. Um, Yet I would be in the same boat for like Breath of the Wild where I can tell it's an amazing best of all time sort of game, but the game systems are ones that I, a couple of them I bounce off of. I just don't engage with them in the same way. And so it's kind of the, when you sit down for a meal at the restaurant, like what kind of meal is a game going to serve up for you? Is it a seven course meal? We're talking about, is it 20 bags of potato chips? And some nights you want 20 bags of potato chips. Yep, that's exactly it. And that, as we were talking about it, right? Like Apex on a particular night might be like, I want, you know, three bags of chip, potato chips. Yeah, Apex like, I just is want... like, <laughs> I would say that that's like an alcoholic beverage or something. It's like very <laughs> yeah, potent. And... Exactly. Yeah. On the other hand, um, the one that I mentioned, for example, like to me, the most complete experience that I've played, for example, was God of War. The re- yeah. most recent release on the PS4. I can't say it's one of my favorite games. I'm not going to say it's the best game ever made, but the experience was just so technically sound on everything through gameplay, story, narrative, music, the environment, everything came together so well that it fed into that kind of theory that we're discussing here, which if apex might be having three bags, of potato chips, one of them being jalapeno chips at the end that might make you uh, have a little bit of fiery poops in the next day. <laughs> a really hot drop. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. God of war was like that, you know, on the, like starter, like salad, appetizer, perfect entree, dessert, cocktail, like where you're like at the end of the meal, you're like, that was one solid cohesive meal or the entire thing from start to finish was just awesome. Yeah. And it's ultimately, you felt like a sous chef. Because the whole thing was awesome. Was serving it out perfectly. He was balancing when and how much of the salad or whatever. Now you're being handheld through that to some degree. That's also like you're being dined by, by some of these games. And that's, a huge category. Narrative experiences tend to do that. And God of War, I think, is the perfect example of where narrative and the overall like game feel was the most important and like a clear direction was picked. Yep. And every system, all of the gameplay, all of the cinematic cutscenes, all of it is fed into the narrative story being told and the game feel that the director wanted. And it's just the best merging that I've, or one of the best mergings I've had or played of solid narrative that leads into solid gameplay that is still very tied to the game feel compared to something like um, Fire Emblem would be a good example of you've got this branching story, but then when it comes time to do gameplay, it turns into this 2D chess field. Again, really good, but there's just no way that that 2D chess field of gameplay will ever super cohesively tie into the story that's being told and some sort of larger experience. It feels gamified. Yeah. It, it almost feels like a two different chunks right there, right? Like, wow, I got this really cool cutscene. flip a switch. Now I'm going into, you know, this, this chest that I really enjoy doing, but it's, it's totally different, you know, different feel from what just happened like five minutes ago. Versus God yeah. War is this cohesive, like, Yes, the gameplay completely matches to the the cutscene I just had that is going to feed me right into this next thing. Yeah, and then you get into combat, 
and even in the combat, you'll, you know, based on the upgrades and stuff, you'll, you'll feel very empowered at certain points. They also throw bosses and stuff at you to make you feel weak. And they happen at story points where that's supposed to be felt. Um, and the, the game just kind of seamlessly ties everything into, a, an experience that feels like a, a sous chef has perfectly prepared a seven course meal for you. But is that a greater game than the 20 bags of potato chips or the, or where you get to pick, you know, you've got ice cream and the potato chips or whatever, and you can just eat the ice cream till you're yep. full and then switch to the chips. Like that's the big question. And that, I mean, that, leads, us to the, that leads us to the, you know, the, the, the ultimate question right there, because that's exactly right. Sometimes you're like, you know what? I really want freaking five bags of potato chips. I might not feel great at the end of this five bag of potato chips, but right now I don't, want a seven course meal these tiny little entrees where everything's yeah. fed and it yeah. takes me an hour to eat through this i want to just gobble up three potato chip bags in the course of 20 minutes yeah. and uh, while i'm saying that like you know ingest about the minutes sometimes you are you do want to ingest the game and i want i have a 20 minute chunk of time i want to do this that could be a platformer like a mario game or apex where you just drop in a couple times hot yeah, i think of yeah like mario Maker. exactly go in for just like i want to do a couple, yeah, a couple yeah even exactly apex Versus I want to spend the next three hours getting dined by the sous chef, you know, in a God of War experience of let me spend some serious time. Like I don't, I, I never, when I played it, I didn't just pick up God of War for five minutes and then put it down. No, it's, it's sessions that you're going to be. Yeah. Like I was always like, I'm going to play for a chunk of time. It's not, let me just pick up for five minutes, get off, pick up for five minutes, get off. It was, I'm going to sit down and, play a chunk of time which also means you have to be kind of in the mood to do that right so it's totally just like in the same restaurant analogy you're not in the mood of three hours let me go sit for the next hour in this long drawn-out court sometimes you want to just read on your face yeah you're on the go you need a burrito totally and that's um the, the context um for a game is huge and so you know we we've been looking at some lists here and complaining before we started recording here, just kind of why things are picked. Um, yeah. But a lot of choices end up being the context as to when they're picked as a greatest game of all time. And I, our hot take, I think that we both agree with, I, is yeah. that super nostalgia shouldn't count for as much. Or a game breaking through into some new systems or being groundbreaking 20 years ago shouldn't maybe keep its the best game of all time for an additional 20 years, even after it's kind of seen its time. And that's, yeah, that's about like the super hot take, which is I get kind of like nitpicky with this, but when we're like discussing greatest of all time, it's almost like there's a difference between how iconic and impactful it was at the time versus just in a vacuum, how good of a game experience is it? Right. Cause to your point, like I love this is a super hot take. I love the Zelda games. I think some of the newer games are better than Ocarina of Time, which is considered probably <gasps> top five, you know, best game of all time. It's yeah, it's on but these this, lists pretty high. Yeah, it's got to be somewhere up near the top. But it's because you know some of it, some of the content, some of the like the content in games have improved so much. The mechanics, the the graphics, the ability to tell story, the level design has just improved because it's just people getting better at that stuff, and also the technology getting better that I, you know, count me a critic here, I would say that some of the new Zelda games are better than Ocarina of Time, which I still like, still good. 
I enjoy it a lot. But <laughs> no, you hate them. It's just I don't know if it's the, the best. What a hot take! You're you're never being allowed back on here. I know hot takes. Fans are going to hate you. No, that's as mentioned earlier. That was kind of the so I had mentioned The Last of Us and and reasons you bounce off of that, um, and then you had mentioned. And we kind of got into Zelda as a good example of just the spread of games it has and why is I'm also Ocarina of Time is fairly obtuse to try and play now. And that's I've played it only as an adult going in with no information on how to play. I ended up using it's like strategy guide at times because it is very uh disjointed in some of its explanation on how to get around. And that's supposed to be the point. It's you're supposed to explore and experience the world, but I'm playing games now with huge branching dialogue trees, choices to talk to tons of characters in this one. It's open world is pretty garbage now, as far as an (laughs) open world goes. And the conversations are entirely one note. Like you don't have huge conversations with anybody. And a lot of them aren't at the depth that characters are at now for like writing has just gotten better in games. Um, so with no nostalgia, I'm like, this game's hard to play. And I got through like the first three dungeons and finally I, I was about to hit the water temple. And that's when I was like, I don't know if I want to <laughs> slog through that. So I'm in the same boat of, you know, is it a greatest game of all time? I think it's, I still enjoy it because I was introduced to the Zelda type formula so early on that when I played Ocarina of Time, and all the other games after like like once you know a zelda game you kind of understand it doesn't feel as obtuse to you mm. but i 100 percent understand if you've never played a zelda game and you go to for example something that is already now a little bit dated not only are the type the genre of the game kind of obtuse but now you also got to deal with the mechanics and the, the you know the design of the game as well so i yeah i fully understand that but even i big zelda lover over here was like an open world lover. You know me, I love me my open world games. When I'm playing like Ocarina of Time, I'm like, this particular smaller open world is just like not as good as even like a current Assassin's Creed open world, which is like blasphemous. Like what? Mr. About towers everywhere in Assassin's Creed and like typical like... just the Ubisoft copy and paste. Exactly, but you're like... Totally. It's not their fault for the time it was groundbreaking, but currently, like, even Assassin's Creed Odyssey, where I could go and explore all of Greece, which was, like, amazing to just, like, look around and visually look at, Ocarina of Time, you're like, well, here's another corridor of pixels. Yeah, <laughs> like, these trees are... There's one tree with a corridor. Yeah, pretty rough, and there's, like, three of them. <laughs> yeah, it, you're like, there's, like, three of them. <laughs> right? Yeah, the fields are just it's empty. Also to this, we had, I'd mentioned kind of we try to define our terms whenever we're talking about this. And so one of the big things I think both of us, when we think greatest game of all time, or we're thinking about what are the greatest video games, the time component isn't used as a time capsule. We, we don't care about that part of it in the sense that if this was the greatest game in 2000, that doesn't matter for all time now in the same way. Whereas a lot of these lists exactly. end up going, when they think all time, they essentially do what was the best game of each year, sort of. Or like what was the you know, the most groundbreaking game at 2000, 95, 85? Yeah, a lot of times it's, a lot of, times it's like of that year or more often of that uh, generation, right? So like what was the best game of the 
Xbox 360 lifetime, yes. for example. So like, you know, a course of like, you know, six years or whatever. And the way we view it now, it's just, if I play that game today, is it awesome? Yeah. Right. Not, <laughs> it was awesome back then and it continues to be better than it currently is, a, you know, an awesome game. And just for the record, there are games 100% that do hold up that are still really fun to play that are old games you play them now. They're still really fun. Our big hot take here is when we take those nostalgia glasses off, they might just not be quite as fun or quite as good as, as remembered or as that first experience versus yeah, in that. Comparison to what, yeah, in comparison to what's coming out. What they had at the time yep. to compete with. And then, yeah. And graphics are largely important and not in the like graphical fidelity, but in the storytelling and in the gameplay categories of, of animations, all the stuff that comes with graphics. I don't care about our advancement to 60 frames per second or our support of wider screen monitors from the old square CRT TVs. But now our systems can get far more in depth. There can be a lot more going on under the hood and there's a ton in game dev, you have a lot of stuff that you try to have happen under the hood to cushion the player and just all sorts of things to try and enhance their immersion and experience. And that has only gotten better over time. There are very few titles that their core gameplay loop can entirely hold up to today's stuff. And I consider like platformers. And that's be, it. Like you, like, yeah. you hit it on the head. Like you hit it on the head because we are not, I am not talking about. Oh, there's so many pixels. Like, I want my 4K, and that makes it better. That's not like I'm saying. Like, the way you put it right there is perfect, which is what is under the hood. Like, the systems making you interact with the game have gotten more. And just like something simple, like in Breath of the Wild, the first time I was like, wait, I can just chop down this tree, and then wait, I can just roll on it down the hill? Like, such a random, simple little concept. Yeah, and there's physics going. Yeah, so. and then I was just like, wait, can I just climb this? Oh, wait, I, I can? Wait. I can climb this rock while I like paralysis yeah. and shoot myself with a rock into the air. Like, like <laughs> just like that, those systems that have just evolved over time allow a lot of creativity to be developed now that they just didn't have whatever, 20 yes. years ago. Yeah, and that's, you can, your gameplay loops have just, we've increased the, the breadth of our, our gameplay loops that are possible. It's not all platforming and hack and slash has gotten more nuanced. Um, across the board, shooters, everything. Yeah, we bring it back to our food analogy. It'd just be like taking those cooks and being like, now you have more ingredients. So it's not that you were a bad cook to begin with or you made a bad dish, but now you just have, hey, look, I just gave you some more vegetables to cook with. I just gave you some more, a different meat that you didn't even have before. I gave you whatever new ingredients or seasonings that you didn't have. You're like, holy cow, I can make a whole different dish for this, or I can make the current dish even better, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think that's the like the perfect analogy of that is just you could have had an excellent steak, but now that you know steak might have some crazy sauce with a couple berries that you know weren't there before. Whatever it is, that's a couple berries. A good that... way of putting it is that berries or whatever, you know, like a cranberry sauce or something. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, I just imagine like a berry, a berry sauce yeah. on the steak. I'm like, yeah, blueberry sauce. No, I was thinking, you know, like cranberry <laughs> sauce. I don't know. That's reminding me. But yeah, the most they have basically more ingredients to play with, so you're just able to concoct new things and slightly, in my opinion, more improved things because yeah. you're still working with good, same 
core concepts that you had back then, which are awesome, with just more stuff to be able to play with. Absolutely. Man, we're supposed to be disagreeing a little. Well, this is, so this is where I think we kind of came to as the agreement on, well, one more time. on framework of best games and, and whatnot. Well, the problem is that we both have the same hot take. We were both like, the nostalgia glasses need to be taken off. So we're like, oh, we agree on this Very hot true. take. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking, you know, like a, an example might even be Mario. Like Mario 64 is still good. Groundbreaking at the time. Correct. But every Mario since the first one has improved on the Mario formula. Yeah, and while there might be some that like maybe did other wonky things that you know people didn't like, like I didn't play Sunshine, but I've heard some people didn't like that one because of the gimmick they inclu- included. But they've all kind of like slightly tweaked or improved formula. Even something as simple as how quickly you can move the camera around you. I know, for example, Mario 64, that was a big thing of how you could rotate the camera around. Was it, was, pain. it was a pain. And so just something as simple as... I have played it, it this last year. It's a pain. Yeah, and so something as simple as literally taking Mario 64 and fixing the camera, you're like, wow, this game's just immediately better because I don't have this stupid camera to deal with. Yeah, exactly. And that's just like a system improvement. And so uh, Mario, to some degree, is a poor example in the, because the developers always try something way more innovative and uh that can harm it so that's where like sunshine for a lot of people might have been a step back in greatness from the formula in 64 um at the same time though the core movements and the visuals but like the the systems that are in place to present your visuals have just improved and improved um with i think a lot of people considering galaxy or galaxy 2 to be the kind of the highest point that mario has gotten in recent time yeah galaxy 2 is i think among the highest but i think odyssey might be up there now as well with it and so that's yeah just again um cleaner and more just an improved set of the same core concepts and same loops that were in the original just improved upon yep we see that across the board yeah, and I don't, and that's why I'm like, I'm gonna hold myself here or there. But you almost got me down a rabbit hole of that exact scenario. Video games are easier to make as you're building upon for a future installment because you work, you you come up with your idea, and then you tweak and improve and tweak and improve. So then usually iterative versions can be better. Not maybe not necessarily the entire game, but the me- core mechanic can often get better and better as you tweak and improve. Yes, or uh, as you learn from like, oh. This factor maybe we can do this better in the future i can firsthand attest to the experience of that yes the sequel and even the the third um chapter have been easier to work on than the first as just knowledge and becoming more improved at even that game particularly and what makes it fun or not fun Uh, another example would for a lot of people be maybe the last of us part two where i loved the changes to combat they like absolutely knocked combat out of the park but then went crazy with the narrative side of things and did some stuff a lot of people might dislike (laughs) and ultimately for me what they ruined i guess (laughs) so the combat got way better like they put a lot of effort into better combat so the game is just better than the last of us but their pacing the game play is better play yes and even the cinematic moments like from a technical side of things like they're just they present amazing. They are impeccably produced. 
and put together. There are they're flawless as far as a, a, like a technical achievement, and that is something to witness. Like it's it's very fun to see a technical achievement occur, which is also where the nostalgia can kick in. Um, for older technical achievements, you remember when you were ten, going into high roll field and just seeing how big it was. Now you're like, this is this is tiny, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. At the same time, I believe they threw pacing out the window with their crazy idea to have this kind of two part story that they tell, and the two parts are so jarring, and <laughs> like the story choices are halfway through the game get pretty ridiculous. Which who cares? That's the narrative, but that gameplay pacing like completely fell apart for me and it just got into a slog and all that fun combat turned into boring combat right um, and so that's i think an example also where something got knocked out of the park on the technical level and even like its core gameplay loop but like the greater picture suffered thanks to the writing choices right not even because of what they wrote just the pacing that occurred right Which, I mean, kind of off of the structure and that's why to like you know bring us you know, full picture around it, like the experience. I, we're not just here sitting here, like hating on old games and saying they're all crap. Oh, we're, we're hating on old games. <laughs> the pixels, dude, the pixels. No, the pixels. The, but like, sometimes they can't. Some of, some games do stand up. Like The Last of Us, I think most people would consider a much better, I guess, gameplay experience as a whole than The Last of Us Part 2. Yeah. But However, technically, The Last of Us Part 2 might have actual technical features that are much improved compared to the previous game. Yes. And what's funny is when I think about The Last of Us, I played the remaster. I don't even... I wonder if the original PS3 version had some jank to it that actually would would make that core story and what was going on suffer. And that's a good point, because actually, I've only ever played the remaster as well. And that's a... And to be be frank, only played the first four hours of the remaster three different times because I get scared into quit. <laughs> yeah. As soon as you hit like the first clickers <laughs> and the, you know, the zombies coming out. Oh, oh, oh. uh, yeah. Okay. It's pretty bad. It's scary. Erin was in the same boat. She had a hard time kind of getting through that. It was like, I can't do 20 hours of. I was like, this. there's still those clickers, man. So I'm like, no. no. Yeah. Um, to that end though, like uh, I would say, so remasters are in this kind of funny boat. Cause we're seeing a lot of those come out now where studios are just kind of like, well, why don't we just like update the greatest game of all time that we release. Why don't we just put out our best game again, remastered? And there's a couple of categories of remaster. And the ones that touch their core gameplay loops or like smooth out some of its mechanics are, I think, in the perfect boat. Yep. The remakes are like a totally, they're a new game. The visual updated remasters are the ones that I actually dislike. Unless it's a game I have a ton of nostalgia for, like uh, Mass Effect will be an example where the graphics have been updated, a little bit of other things. But if all they did was update the graphics, I still would be excited for that. Ocarina of Time with only updated graphics, I don't know because it still has the very one note like kind of dialogue with the key, the pass around the key system and dialogue. We have to talk to one guy to then talk to another guy to talk to another guy. The map is still small. And if it looks nicer, I, it still is a, a small area to run through. And, you know, some of the the gameplay, eh, gameplay's actually pretty solid, I'd say that it is. The gameplay's fine, but to, to your point, yeah. just like the world you live in is still simplistic because of the limitations. So unless, to your point, yes. it's a remake, just an HD yeah, coding on it. Yeah, heavy remaster. 
or heavy remaster yet the hd coding on it is nice in terms of just like now i can play this game and not freaking squint and not know what's going on on my big yeah. tv like yes. if i wanted to play it but outside of that you're like i, I don't want just a re- hd version it'd be kind of more of a on the remake standpoint yeah and so that's the other kind of the with all of the games coming back out we just had the the mario like three pack we've got skyward sword announced um lots of i mean mass effect was announced too which i'm excited for but still a lot of them that are just a new coat of paint on top i am curious to see like new people come into those experiences even something like mass effect for the first time and play it and see how gameplay systems hold up like 20 years later in you know some of these games i'm actually really excited for the for the Mass Effect one, because that's a good example, a perfect example, because I didn't play Mass Effect 1, 2, or 3, so I'm very excited for the remasters, because they should technically um, be mostly the same game. Now, again, we've talked about this. Mass Effect, There's actually, a big thing I will... They're making some tweaks. That- Let's shift into news for a second. <gasps> news break! They actually overhauled the combat system in the first game to match the second and third, which had a, a harder focus on regular cover-based shooting whereas the first game had more of a like a turn-based component they were trying to lean into where you had a lot of abilities and you froze time a ton to like move around your squad and like play it didn't work great it was combat in that game was not that great um it's fun but it, it did get better so the remaster for the mass effect trilogy actually will change something pretty big which is combat in the first game and i'd be curious how much you would like or bounce off of the actual original mass effect combat it's turn-based me i don't really like turn i probably bounce (laughs) off of it but for example mass it's not it's not quite i know what you mean it's yeah it's turn-based in like a first-person shooter trench exactly (laughs) but for example mass effect two and three are those lean are a little bit more yeah, kind of HD retouch-ups than full gameplay overhaul. That's yes. And so I'll be very curious to be able to go and play what, you know, again, Mass Effect Trilogy is considered one of the best trilogies of, of games. So I'm excited to go. It's my favorite. Yeah, I'm excited to play Mass Effect 2, and then I have no nostalgia for it. So I'll be able to say, this game was great. Or, Jammers, take your, night, your uh, glasses off, and this freaking sucks. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'll be able to check it out, you know? This is what I... Yeah, I've still I have memories of the first game getting to uh, I think Ilos Ilios I think it's Ilos in that game and um, talking to uh, what was the name of the guy Vigil. You're not going to know what it is. I'm not spoiling a thing, but getting to Ilos and talking to Vigil, and then also talking to Sovereign are two moments I like. I remember not just the moment, but I remember me being in my chair. Like I don't know how I, I like screen capped me in the chair witnessing the moment or whatever. So like heaviest nostalgia moments of any game I've ever played. And I would consider that trilogy to be the best video games I've ever played. As far as for me, like they hit on everything I wanted. They hit on all points. And that's back to the meal thing though. Like that's, I'm very narrative heavy narrative first type of player. I like story choices so I like my creativity to come in narrative form, not in gameplay form as much. I like RPG systems. But when we get into the loop, the actual core combat, I don't need that to be highly creative. I don't need it to... I also don't need it to challenge me. That's the... I'm not looking for a huge challenge in my single-player games. Yeah, that's where 
I differ quite a bit on the flip side where I'm like, I do like my narrative, but I also am like, I want my gameplay to be fun and challenging and very like creative being like, there's some wonky things you can do here. And then it can be like hard or it can be all kinds of different things. And I like kind of testing it out and testing the waters. And if it's on the flip side, more of like a, you know, narrative focus type of game, with like limited gameplay, it tends to not be my style. But there are some of those games that I actually do enjoy. But the more gameplay that it leans on is usually a little bit more my style. And then there's some happy mediums in there, obviously. But that's where you and I differ a little bit. Yeah, and, and someone might think because uh, Mass Effect being my favorite games and creativity, I usually like my creative choices to be in a spreadsheet. <laughs> essentially, I like to do it in the RPG. Like, I'll pick what I'm stuck doing right. then during the gameplay. So I'll level up some skills, I'll pick my weapon loadout, and then I'm stuck using, like, the same two guns or one cheesy move over and over and over again. I'm like, I'm all fine doing that. Uh, and where other people might want more of an arsenal available at any one moment and to be able to make a lot of in moment choice that's where cover based shooters i think have set us back on gameplay choices in a lot of games uh i think the last generations luckily is departing the kind of cover based third person shooters mechanics but kind of that blurry point between two gens ago and this last gen man a lot of those games saw the exact same gameplay loop hide wait for the enemy to pull his head out and then shoot him flanking was always very clear on like the you know the level designer had very clear flanking routes you would you probably played your gears of war two and three and your uncharted games exactly the same way that the other guy played them now i will say i totally agree with that but both of those games the exact ones you hit yeah that's why i picked them they were still fine (laughs) it's true yes very true and again it comes down to the the sort of meal that is your favorite right and then the sort of meal that you're looking for at that time and sometimes a a meal can can change it up and you end up liking it i think celeste is the best example for me of a game that served up the platformer hard variety of of gameplay that i really don't like playing usually and ended up really enjoying that because the narrative underneath it and the story they were trying to tell actually perfectly married platforming for once in my life i played a platformer game where the story being told actually meshed with the platforming itself i don't think i've ever experienced that because i didn't play (laughs) (laughs) yeah usually the story is completely separate or very basic of exactly yeah it's just you got a bad guy he took the princess to her and castle i just keep going no in this one it's yeah it's about climbing a mountain and it's about not giving up. So, and your retry system is is so immediate that the not giving up is a ends up being a really cool core component in the way that they tell that story of not giving up, and that that worked really well. It was a really nice tight experience. So, we played all these games, we've eaten all these dishes, all these bags of chips, all these steaks. Yummy, mm, yummy. What would be then, so we probably need to have an actual opinion and not just be loosey-goosey so no one can attack us. Okay. Greatest games of all time. So we still say that. They don't need to be the number one or number two, but if we were to then come up with some games that we think perfectly did the 30 bags of potato chips or perfectly did the seven-course meal, what are some games that within their planned or or designed experience perfectly nailed that design experience yeah i think we can 
immediately put God of War in that pile of greatest. Probably both of us are. I was going to say, like, this is where I'm going to be, like, the annoying guy that says, oh, the new stuff is all much better. But, like, <laughs> three games that immediately pop to me are God of War, The Witcher 3, and Breath of the Wild. Nice. Okay. And those all hit very kind of different things. Um, classic games from the last five years. <laughs> but those are classic games from the last five years, and my goodness, they are so good. Because God of War, like we already discussed, is the perfect, like, full serving like perfectly this like balanced meal of everything where everything fits perfectly together and it's awesome breath of the wild for me is a little bit more of it's an all you can eat of something that's super super tasty like still very high class all you can eat of one kind of particular dish that you can just go back and back for more and more because i just kept exploring and finding shrines and exploring finding shrines and exploring and finding shrines yeah you go back to the same thing you used uh what was the uh, what was the restaurant you used as the example for that? For the Witcher, I used Fogo de Chao, which is a Brazilian steak. Okay, yeah. Which is that one, because again, big open world game where you're getting lost in all these side quests. And the side quests are kind of different. Like you're having different cuts of meat, but they are all still meat. And you're having basically all you can eat of these side quests, all you can eat of all these you know steaks and yeah. ribs and all these types of different meats, but you're still... At the core, shoving your full of meat. Yes, it's like it's a it's an all you can eat buffet of very juicy narrative, and that's ultimately what you get over and over yes. again is the the narrative, those cutscenes that are really good for having a billion of them in the in the game, the interesting stories, and then yeah, gameplay always kind of is second to what's there, and the gameplay is. For me, that's also, like, it was very similar. Like, it doesn't shift itself a whole lot. You end up in combat scenarios in those games, or in The Witcher 3, largely doing the same thing every time you hit combat. Like, your brain is engaged exactly the same. Um, And then the narrative carries that thing. Yeah, that one's the game where, like, the narrative is, like, all those different narratives where you're like, I want another piece of steak. I'm going to go find myself another side quest. Now I want another piece of steak. I'm going to find another side quest. (laughs) And there's a million of these. Yeah. They're all so good. But they're all... They're yeah, all and then someone stuff. comes out and is like, hey, hey, do you want some drugs? And I'm like, here's here's uh, Gwent. And then I'm like, ah, yes, give me Gwent. <laughs> I'll play Gwent all night. And then I'm like, oh, what was I doing? Wake up in a stupor. Like, I, I, I was chasing my daughter? I was chasing... Who was that girl I was chasing? Yeah, I can't even remember. Forgot. Yeah, some Siri. Um, yeah, to that end, I, I really like that example because the meat is so good the servings are so well done you want to go there and you recommend it to everybody as like an experience worth having 100 and at the same time the last of us is on my top three list for a similar reason yet i don't have choices it's essentially that cow was like raised out back (laughs) fed exactly what the chef wanted and then perfectly made into a steak for me later in, in this, like this meal that's all around making sure this piece of steak is going to be amazing. Yeah, it's basically you know, the around that one very specific thing. And yes. like you are going to eat this one very specific thing. We've done everything to make this one very specific thing. Awesome. And you're going to enjoy this one very specific thing. And I think yes. most likely is awesome, but it is one very specific thing and also not an unlimited amount of, it. yeah. And that's the, the big difference even with the one thing is, you're free to go pick the meals you want where you want within, or, you know, 
you get to choose all of these delicious pieces of steak, or you sit down and let the chef pace it for you. Correct. And those two are ultimately relying on, I think, the same, they lean on the same thing for their core, amazing, elevate this to the top of the, the pile of games. But both of them do it in almost exactly the opposite ways. Yes. One is I am on a squeezing through a tube, single story, or I've just got this free open world to run around and everything I engage with is going to be these tight, really well-written stories. Correct. And in that example that I used, they're all like, they're all tight, really good stories, but they are technically not like this piece of steak does not perfectly match this piece of pork next to it. Like, and I don't, yeah, but you're like, I don't care. That's I want that. So exactly. Now you're going to all these different side quests. They're all awesome, but it's not like on the last of us where it's going to be like, no, this one little leaf on top of this steak and this one little potato wedge over here will perfectly make this steak taste good. Yes. And actually I'm thinking like the giraffe scene in the last of us comes to mind immediately of like, wow, you perfect. Like this is right when I needed this little scene to be impactful. Like you guys knew exactly where this needed to go right before the big end. I'm never going to forget that little, (laughs) that little kind of, cilantro thrown on the top of it yep. a little extra you know some the way it was plated so yeah the little the uh was it salt bay uh, no, yeah, exactly. so i'd put that in in the top three i'm actually i'm looking at some lists um now i don't mean to, as well i don't mean to rush us here but i think we do have another prior engagement kind of coming up yes 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 so and we don't need to ramble forever. I think our, our point has been made on, on kind of the thought that we had. I think most people now understand how much we enjoy eating, or how much how much I at least love oh yeah piles of chips, <laughs> just like yeah. all the foods. Yeah, I, and I'm in the same boat. I think and more modern games are in those those top um, lists. I would consider just as another one that I've seen in a couple top lists, and I'd actually agree with it is Minecraft, which is something that you haven't played, but I think that that goes into a totally different category of kind of like food. And sets a really interesting bar on what is considered like a full encompassing game. Um, and community becomes a huge component there. That yeah, and it's just um, introducing, and as I was saying, it's introducing a new new things to what makes the games great, right? Just like twenty years ago, online community wasn't a thing at all. Versus now, some of the main multiplayer games are completely yes. driven by their communities and online and everything. So it, there's just new elements that add to what makes the experience. Yeah. Uh, great. And I'd say Minecraft, somehow, for being fairly old at this point and being an innovator in the space of community and just making a game based around just people interacting with each other, yep. is one of the few that still holds up. Like, it didn't get outpaced and beaten by another game to take the innovation and, like, reiterate. Minecraft just iterated on itself and has continued to... Well, that's fairly popular. That's one that holds up really well. And just so that everybody's not just like hating on me for only liking the new game. Yeah, that's, I have to throw it in before we're done. You know, this, <laughs> I'm still playing some older games. For example, the IGN list, they have number one of all time, best game ever, supposedly. Super yeah, let's, Mario let's end picking these apart. Now, but no, Super Mario World is supposedly number one. I love Super Mario World. I've actually played that game and beaten that game multiple times. And I will say to this day, that 2D platformer oh. holds up really freaking well like really really okay yeah like it's gameplay it the gameplay doesn't need to be changed graphics don't, don't change it animations don't change it there's nothing to improve 
it just it the way it is, the, how fast you move, everything about it is like on point. So that's what an example of a game that yeah, Chef's Kiss just mwah. just boom, it's good to go. You know, no alcohol required. No, <laughs> perfect. Ah, you know, some of these games you need need that for sometimes. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Okay. So that's for those um, listening to this. Uh, hopefully. This gets just kind of some thoughts going about what you would consider to be, uh, you know, a greatest game of all time and where it sits in the food analogy um, and what sort of meal you're looking for. Um, For me also, when I'm talking with Danny here, like we are trying to pick some games to play. I know I've got a backlog and ultimately I've got a pile of games I haven't finished yet. So I need to get through those, admittedly, to all you guys who've listened for a year now. I have slowly have been... Well, yeah, I started playing this game, and then now I'm not playing it anymore. So, so the backlog just gets, is growing and growing and growing. At the same time, though, it's, okay, what experience do I actually am I going to get through? Like, what do I want right now? What's going to be good? I have a limited amount of time. It's just going to get more limited as I get older. So how, how can I pick the games I want to play? And how can I pick older games or find the ones that I've missed over the last like two console generations and very specifically like make sure you pick your style of food that you're like i would like this game equals three bags of chips i like this game it's an all-you-can-eat buffet and i will never stop eating there whatever that is so that you can actually like marry the game to the food so we can at least understand if are now oh, yeah. any sense yes or we're just rambling crazy people over here hating on old games oh we are that no matter what uh, <laughs> anybody says we are some crazy old people hating on some games but yes, if uh, if this was enjoyable too, again, um, if if we hear some good feedback, uh, Danny and I have rants kind of weekly while playing games um, yeah, on different things. So we've got a pile of different thoughts and like the, uh, the overall industry. We like talking about um, certain issues that come up, um, like a crunch time thing or a game getting delayed or coming out really bad. And we'll go for an hour on on some of the because both of us are in either the games industry or in an industry that's very production based as well. So there's some insight there and we love kind of talking back and forth about that. Um, so if you like this, we'd, we'd love to have Danny back. Have him more often. Let me know. I'll be back. <laughs> I'll, go I'll be forever. <laughs> yeah. Oh, great. Now you're stuck here. Oh boy. Well, all right. With that, adios. Sounds good. See you guys. <laughs>